Are you ready to know your worth and identity in the body of Christ? Are you ready for kingdom conversations with kingdom people? Welcome to the Recovery to Recovered podcast. I'm your host, Caleb McCall, and I will be guiding you through the word with preaching and teaching and empower you to know who you are in Christ Jesus. Hello and welcome in Recovery to Recovered family. Welcome into the first episode of 2021. Come on, somebody, let's give God praise. We are out of 2020, um, but I encourage you to look back on 2020 and see the times and know the times that God was faithful because he has been faithful through it all. You know, with that being said, at the end of 2020, things got a little bit crazy. Things got a little bit hectic holidays and all of that. And with us and, and myself and our ministry doing a big remodel project, planning a church. It has been crazy, planning Miriam House in April. It has just been uh, an incredible year. There has been some ups and downs. I went through some of the most tough things I've ever been through in 2020, but I've also had some of the best things that's ever happened to me in 2020. So needless to say, 2020 will be a year that I will never forget. I know that you will never forget. Uh, We pray for all the the folks who lost loved ones this year, who lost friends, it has been an incredibly challenging year. It was an incredibly challenging year, um, but we are stepping into 2021. Come on, and you know, I uh, I spoke a prophetic word and preached a prophetic word to my church uh, for the last uh, sermon of the year that I preached and. It was that God was going to birth something out of the pain and God was going to birth something in our seeking that we did in 2020. You know, there was a people group that sought after God in 2020 when the churches were shutting down and things were getting crazy and governments were saying you couldn't meet and this, that and the third. There still was a remnant and there was a people of God that was seeking after him. And I prophesied over our church And the Lord had spoke to me that those things that people were praying for in 2020, they would give birth to in 2021 because the Holy Spirit had overshadowed them in 2020 in March, April and May when they were seeking after the kingdom of God and his righteousness. uh, The Lord is going to add to them those things that they were praying and believing for in 2021. So I am just excited about this year. I'm excited about the podcast in this new year. Uh, we've got several guests already lined up to be on the podcast. And uh, I don't, I don't want to speak too much on that, but just say we've got some incredible individuals that are going to be coming on the show, pastors, um, directors of faith-based recovery centers, evangelists. God is really uh, doing something in our nation and in our country and in his people. You know, God's always moving. You know, it's so easy for us to get caught up on that. And, oh, God's doing something now and God's about to do something. Let me tell you something. God's been doing it. God is going to do it in the present and he is going to do it in the future. He's the same yesterday, today and forever. And God is always moving. God is always speaking and he wants to speak to you. Amen. And so we're actually going to kick off the new year by ending something from last year, which is our series in Ruthinator. And I'm so excited to preach this word. I think it is timely. I think um, that the Lord has orchestrated uh, what has took place for me to be able to preach this message and to be the first message 
of the new year on the Recovery to Recovery podcast. We're gonna, like I said, we're gonna be getting back to some interviews here in the in the coming episodes. But uh, really feel led to just preach this word today and speak it over your life. And it's so crazy how God orchestrates and does these things because, like I said, the last message that I preached. Uh, at the end of the year in 2020 was about uh, Mary and it was about how God want, had impregnated us with something in 2020 that we would give birth to in 2021. And that is where we are at in our series in Ruthenator. It's just so awesome how Holy Spirit works because I preached this months ago when I first got to the church there at Canvas Community Shebbyville. And the title to this message is, watch this, birth something. Amen. Um, I believe that God is wanting to birth something this year within his people, but it will only come from a place of intimacy with Holy Spirit. It, will, it That's that's what happened with Mary, right? It came from a place of intimacy with Holy Spirit. We're not talking about sexual intimacy. We are talking about intimacy, which the definition of that is closeness, intimacy, friendship and closeness. And so um, the proximity of closeness. So I am just excited to encourage you this year, get close to Holy Spirit. Let him impregnate you with something that you can give birth to that will change the world around you and affect generations behind you. Amen. Man, I'm excited for this word. So if you got your Bibles, you can turn over to Ruth uh, chapter four. And this is Ruthenator part six. Ruthenator, we've been talking about being faithful, being pers- uh, perseverant uh, in in times in your life. You need to do this your entire life. And so this is where we are picking up Ruthenator part six. Pay attention to this message today. I believe that God wants to speak to you through it. And I believe that God will do something incredible if you apply the principles that are taught today. So picking up Ruth chapter four. So Boaz took Ruth and she became his wife. And when he went into her, the Lord gave her conception and she bore a son. Then the woman said to Naomi, blessed be the Lord who has not left you this day without a close relative. And may his name be famous in Israel. And may he be to you a restorer of life, a nourisher of your old age for your daughter-in-law who loves you, who is better than seven sons has borne him. Then Naomi took the child and laid him on her bosom and became a nurse to him. Also the neighbor whom gave him a name saying there is a son born to Naomi and they called his name Obed. He is the father of Jesse, the father of David. Wow. Now this is the genealogy of Perez. Perez begot Hezron. Hezron begot Ram. Ram begot Abinadab. Abinadab begot Nashon and Nashon begot Salmon. Salmon begot Boaz and Boaz begot Obed. Obed begot Jesse, and Jesse begot David. Father, I pray over the next couple of moments, you would help me to teach and to preach. And God, you would bless me with your anointing and your favor to reach people with your word today. Let the seed fall on good soil, Lord. Bless the reading of your word. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. So we have talked a lot about in our series, Ruthenator, of the last couple of episodes which I'm going to recap real quick because I want to jump right into this today. 
But we've talked about leaving Bethlehem, Judah. We've talked about leaving the word and the praise and what that will do and how everything started dying when they did so, right? Just like every time you leave the word and the praise, things start dying. It's funny how when you get out of church and out of the presence of God and out of the word of God, how things will begin to fall apart and break apart in your life, right? And we talked about how when you leave the bread and the praise, the last thing that you do is blame God. Y'all ever met those people that get out of the will of God and then want to blame God while their life is a mess? It's what Naomi did at first, right? And we've talked about what praise can set you up for, and that's victory. And then we talked about favor and how every believer has a level of favor, but more favor is poured out because of their lifestyle. You can receive an, another level of favor because of your lifestyle, lifestyle of righteousness like Noah, a lifestyle of virtue, faithfulness, and perseverance like Ruth can set you up for supernatural favor, right? And so we established that favor is not the same thing as the grace of God or the love of God. You can do nothing more to earn the love of God or the grace of God. The fact is that you actually don't deserve either one of those, but because of who he is, which is love, both his grace and his love are available to you. We have the grace of God and not the wrath of God because of what Jesus has done on the cross. The grace of God isn't free, but it is paid for on Calvary. Right. We talked about favor and how favor is actually what God does in somebody else, not you, that God can put you in front of people and begin to give you favor, not only in his sight, but in the sight of man that can take you from begging in the field to owning the field. Come on, somebody. So we establish that the favor of God has to do with your lifestyle. There's preachers out there that will tell you, y'all, you've just got the favor of God. And that is true in a sense. You have a level of favor simply because you're a child of God and you are a Christian. And you are a believer. But this favor that I'm talking about has to do with your lifestyle, a lifestyle like like Ruth, a lifestyle like Noah's. The Bible says that Noah was a righteous man and a preacher of righteousness. His lifestyle is what got him qualified to get on that boat. Mm. But we talked about gleaning and how some of us aren't walking in supernatural favor because we're not following people that are dropping anything for us to pick up. And the moment that you begin to glean in someone's field who's got something for you to drop is the moment that you can just so happen to get in the right field to where you can find favor in someone else's sight. I'm talking about the supernatural favor of God. We also talked about the kinsman redeemer concept, right? We talked about what the kinsman redeemer is and what his role is we talked about how jesus is our kinsman redeemer he stepped in and saved the day amen he redeemed us god's territory god's creation so our kinsman redeemer jesus came to get us back to take back territory from the enemy we talked about the kinsman redeemer boaz at the threshing floor your boaz jesus is at your threshing floor as well waiting to give you the gift of the baptism of the holy spirit to clean you up from the inside out with his winnowing fork remember we talked about that don't don't please don't miss that the baptism of the holy spirit is about cleaning you up with the winnowing fork that's why john the baptist in matthew chapter 3 says he's there with his winnowing fork come on church we can do this the baptism of the holy spirit is what will take you to that next level it ain't just about praying in tongues it's about the fire of the holy ghost cleaning you up from the inside out purging you burning up the chaff come on we talked about when you are faithful with the edges of the field like Ruth, it will set you up for owning the field. 
we talked about whatever field you've had to go through in life that has been hard. It's actually a field that God intends you to own. You went through the field of depression so that you could own the joy of the Lord. God let you go through the field of addiction so that you could own sobriety and maybe pull somebody else out of the fire. God let you go through the field of lustful thoughts and actions so that one day you could own the field of purity. God will let you go through broken homes and divorce so you could get the next one right. God let you go through anxiety and worry so you could own the peace that he freely gives. Come on. I said the field that you had to beg in is actually a setup by God for you owning that thing. Mm, that's so good, man. Last week, we actually talked about how the Bible says the kinsman redeemer had to buy it back from Ruth and Naomi. Whoa, 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 right? What are you talking about? How does the kinsman redeemer have to buy it back from the person who's been begging in the field? And we talked about how technically Ruth already owned the field. She just needed an encounter with the kinsman redeemer to change not only her day, but change her destiny. Just like how you only need one encounter with your kinsman redeemer, Jesus, because you already own the field that you've been having to beg in. But it's not official or made legal until you are married to him, becoming the bride of Christ. You own the field just like she owned the field. It was her inheritance. She just hadn't realized it yet. She just needed a redeemer to make that thing official. And she she found one in Boaz. I also came to remind you this morning. I came with good news. I told you Ruth is a picture of us. So the good news is this, that you already own whatever field it is that you've been begging in. You just need to get to your Redeemer, Jesus. A lot of y'all have already had your encounter with your Redeemer, Jesus, that are listening today. But you just need somebody to tell you, stop begging in the field that you're supposed to own. You're a believer. Get up and wash yourself off. Anoint your head with oil. Like I said, the last episode, you're a child of God. Quit begging for God to beg to deliver you from addiction. You've got the Holy Ghost, which will produce self-control. That's the problem with addiction. Nobody has self-control, abstinence or purity. You already own sobriety. Start walking in it. Tap into the power that's only inside of you. That's available to you because you have the Holy Spirit. Stop begging for peace. The king of peace lives on the inside of you. Stop begging for financial breakthrough. You're married to the one who owns a cattle on a thousand hills. You're married to the one who owns the earth and the fullness thereof. You just need to get to Jesus. You just need to get to your Boaz and sit at his feet like Ruth did and make your requests known. Sounds like something out of the Bible, right? Worry or be anxious for nothing, but instead with prayer and supplication, make your request known to God. You are the bride of Christ. Your husband owns it all. I came to tell somebody, stop begging for what you already own. I wish somebody would shout hallelujah wherever you're listening today. If you're going down the road, begin to praise God for the thing that you already own that you didn't even know. If you're at the gym, in the cubicle, begin to give God praise. Heck, scare somebody today on the assembly line and begin to shout hallelujah and give God praise for that thing that you already own that you didn't even know. Mm. I'm getting fired up this morning. Getting fired up this morning. I don't know if it's the coffee or the Holy Ghost. Huh? We know it's the Holy Ghost. This is some good preaching. This is some good exhortation. Come on, I'm exhorting you. I'm calling you higher. Go higher. The Holy Spirit has given you everything you need. Peter says it like this. God has given us everything that we need pertaining to holiness and godliness. And when you get to holiness and godliness, the favor of God can be poured out on your life because of the righteous lifestyle that you're living. Mm. 
So Boaz took Ruth and she became his wife. And when he went into her, the Lord gave her conception and she bore a son. I think I'll stop right there and preach because let me help us today. She was redeemed, then remarried. God restored everything back she had lost and even blessed her with more than what she had to begin with. And watch what else he did. He impregnates her with something that when she gives birth to it, the it affects generations behind her. Let me say that again, because he impregnates her with something that when she gives birth to it, the it affects generations behind her. The Bible says she gave birth to a son and that God caused her to conceive. And what she conceived was Obed. Obed means worshiper. So everything she went through before she got to the field, everything she went through in the field set her up for God to impregnate her with worship. And she bore a little worshiper named Obed, who bore a son named Jesse, who bore a son named David. And David was a worshiper. I'm telling y'all right now, God will birth through you on the other side of your field, something that will affect generations behind you when you show faithfulness and perseverance. The Bible says the Messiah would come through the line of David, and he did. And his name was Jesus. Through her perseverance and faithfulness, she got to be a part of birthing the Savior of the world so everything she went through in Moab before she hit the field and everything she went through in the field was so that God can impregnate her with something that could change the family tree and change the family destiny I came to tell somebody this morning that God will use your field to impregnate you to give birth to something supernatural and if you ever give birth to something supernatural it will affect not can it will affect generations behind you just ask Abraham and Sarah just ask Mary so everything that you go through in life the good times and the bad God let you go through that field so he could one day impregnate you with some worship God let you go through it so you could worship him and give birth to a worshiper on the inside of you I said God let you go through the field so that you could look back and worship him so you could worship him for not being on the outside looking in anymore. So you could worship him for not gleaning on the edges. God let you go through the field of depression so you can now worship him for the joy he's let you have now. God let you go through the season of sickness so you could worship him for the healing and worship him for divine health. God let you go through the death in the family so you could praise him for the life that's right in front of you. And so you could praise him for the eternal life that's available to you and whoever you lost. God let you go through the field of poverty so you you could praise him for the field of prosperity. It's hard to worship when you feel like you got nothing to worship him for. That's why God will let you go through some things so he can show you how good he really is. And can I be very plain with you today? You have a lot to worship him for because you were dead in your trespasses, separated from God. No way back to the father. Your sin separated you from God. And like a scene out of a Superman movie, here comes your kinsman, redeemer, Jesus with his cape on rescuing us like Superman would do Lois Lane because she was usually somewhere she had no business being. Oh, come on, somebody, anybody ever been where you ain't supposed to be? I said, you have a lot to worship him for. You've got a lot to praise him for. Help me, Jesus. We read all throughout the Bible how worship and praise can shift situations. And I want to share with you this morning, the eight Hebrew words that are in the Bible for praise, because this will help you understand why it is what we do. 
We don't just shout, dance, and sing for no reason. We don't just play songs with the stringed instruments for no reason. There's power in your shout. There's power in your dance. There's power in your lifted hands. There is power in your bragging and boasting of God. I said there's power in your praise, and there's wonder-working power in your worship. Let's look at one of the first ones here. It's Hala. Halah is the most common word for praise. The word simply means to boast or to brag or to rave about God, even to the point of appearing foolish. Wow. People who attend football games shout and scream at their favorite team and, and are called fans. Unfortunately for most of us, if we shout and scream and brag on God, we may be labeled as fanatics as if something's wrong with us. Psalm 63, 3-4. Because your love is better than life, my lips will glorify you and I will halah praise as long as I live you see my wife she knows how to get me to do stuff praise God and all the husbands said amen I said my wife knows how to get me to do stuff and you want to know how she'll begin to get me to do something watch this you know sometimes you get those drinks or those jars that you can't open and she'll come up and begin to brag on me and say, oh, how strong you are, baby. Can you can you open this up for me? You're strong. And I'll grab that jar and I'll grab that drink and I'll rip that thing wide open. <laughs> you get what I'm saying? Do you understand that we're created in God's image, right? Don't miss this. You know, a good way to get your mighty God to step into your situation is to begin to brag and boast on him and say, God, you are mighty in battle. You are my king and I worship you. There's none like you and begin to worship him and watch him show up and say, you know what I'm. He's going to begin to show up when you begin to brag and boast on him. He will show up. And say, what do you need? I got you. Yada, yada means to worship with extended hands. Lift up your hands in the sanctuary and praise the Lord. Yada pictures a three-year-old, hands raised, running towards daddy, crying, hold me, daddy, hold me. Yada is often translated as giving thanks. Yada is often a cry for help. Yada is used when we are in desperate straits and need of victory from the Lord. Raising the hands is one of the most explosive and meaningful expressions of praise. Raising the hands is an international sign of surrender. A worshiping person raises his hands in adoration to surrender to God. Barak is used to denote, denote blessing. Barak. Barak suggests the transcendent privilege of blessing the Lord. Tehelah. Tehelah means to sing or to loud. Yet, you are enthroned as the Holy One. You are the one Israel praises. Tehillah involves music and singing, especially singing. It is vital to the worship of God. There are over 300 Bible mandates to sing. This word suggests that God himself is a song of praise. Wow. We might even say it like this. God is our song. Zamar means to pluck the string instruments. Come on, somebody. How many of you know we are allowed to have instruments in the church? Praise Jesus. Zamar speaks of rejoicing. It is involved with the joyful expression of music. Zamar means to sing praises or to touch the strings. It speaks of involving every available instrument to make music and harmony before the Lord. It is God's will that we be joyful. Use Zamar when you are rejoicing after God has done something great for you. Zamar is translated into the New Testament as Peselo. Speaking to one another with psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit. Sing and make music from the heart of the Lord. 
Mm. There's a New Testament there for that. Hallelujah. Number eight, hallelujah, is the premier word for praise in the Bible. Hallelujah transcends the languages of the world. It is translated. It is not translated. It is transliterated. Everybody knows that word. Hallelujah. I go to India and they might not understand anything else I say, but they know when I say hallelujah. Hallel means to boast or to brag, to make a show, even to point, even to the point of looking ridiculous. Wow. Jah is the short form of the name for God. Hallelujah is a spontaneous outcry of one who is excited about God. It is used only 24 times in the Old Testament, all between Psalm 104 and 150. It is reserved for times of extreme exaltation. Hallelujah. Six and seven is Todah and Shabbat. Todah means to shout or to address with a loud voice. But Todah goes even further. It includes an attitude of gratitude for God's promised deliverance, even while we are still in need. This type of praise also refers to lifting hands and inviting God's help. Todah praise is having faith and assurance that all is well, even before the victory actually comes. For example, David is trapped by the Philistines in Gath. He gives thanks and offers Todah praise even before God delivers him. Offer Todah praise and trust that God will deliver you. Shabak also means to shout or to address in a loud tone. So Toda praise is what I could see Ruth doing day after day out in that field. Toda praise is what you need if you're on the edges of the field, begging and gleaning, picking up the scraps, wondering when God's going to show up. I'll tell you when he'll show up. The moment you put a praise on your lips. God wants to impregnate you while on the edge of the field so you can give birth to something once you own the field. It's the field that impregnates you. It's the trials and the tribulations that if faithful throughout them will birth something supernatural. Perseverance and faithfulness in the field are the seed that's able to birth something supernatural through you. You go through the field so God can develop worship in you. And being a worshiper will bring favor on your life. David messes up, but David was a worshiper. You want to know the thing that God can't resist? It's a worshiper. Why? Because that's what we were created for in the first place. I say it again. You go through the field so that God can develop worship in you. We talked about that last week where David encouraged himself in the Lord. How did David encourage himself in the Lord? He looked back on the times that God had brought him through the field and it had encouraged him. He looked back on the times that the Lord had delivered him from lions and bears into his hands. He looked back on the time when he slayed a giant. He looked back on the times when the Lord delivered him from the hand of Saul and he began to worship God for what he had brought him through. If God had never brought him through nothing, he didn't have no worship on his lips. I came to encourage somebody today to worship God for the field he's brought you out of the field you might be in right now or any future field you might be heading to because the field is there to birth worship and to birth praise in you. And if you ever get to the point of worship and praise, the Bible says that God inhabits the praises of his people. So if you'll praise him, he'll show up. And if he ever shows up, you can go from begging in the field to owning it. I wonder if I got any worshipers listening today. 
I wonder if I got any worshipers listening today who's willing to say, God, I worship you no matter what field I'm begging in right now because I know through your great and predestined plan, I'm supposed to own this joker after I'm faithful in it for a season. Worship him in the field of sickness because God's plan for you is to own healing. Worship him in the field of persecution and affliction. Worship him through the divorce. Worship him through the financial crisis. Worship him through the gossip and the lies. Worship him through the trials and the tribulations because it's God's plan plan to bring you out of the field so that you can one day own it. We talked about it, right? God takes you out of the field so that you can one day own it. But once you own the field, you're supposed to burst something out of the field, burst something out of the pain, burst something out of your affliction. Don't just go through it. Use it. Let your pain catapult you to your purpose. Your destiny is bigger than your dilemma, baby. Burst something, burst something that will affect generations behind you. This isn't just about you. God want, God is wanting to birth through the field that you have went through. Is it a business? Is it a ministry? Is it a career? Is it a family? What is it that God wants to do through your affliction? I told y'all before that God never wastes a battle. I have a warning for some of you as well about birthing something. Don't take matters into your own hands and try to muster something up. Continue to be faithful and show perseverance so that you can birth something supernatural and not just super. Because I'm reminded of of Sarah and Abraham taking matters into their own hands and bursting something that was not endorsed by God. And what they birthed is still causing havoc on the earth today. You see, Ruth was a vision of beauty as we learned in part one. She could have married a young man. She could have married a middle-aged man. She could have married another rich man. She could have married another regular man who had some work ethic and and, and perseverance like she did. Because, I mean, let's face it, Ruth must have been very beautiful. I mean, she wasn't as pretty as my wife or anything, but she was she was beautiful, right? <laughs> you know, no, but seriously, but she had a, a work ethic. She had a good work ethic. She was beautiful. She was faithful. She was persistent. She was smart. Who wouldn't want a wife like that? She could have married anyone. But she had made the decision, I'm not getting out of the will of God. I'm not taking matters into my own hands. God has brought me to a place where I'm eligible to get my inheritance back. Hmm. Everything the devil tried to take me out in Moab with, God is about to restore in Judah. We've circled all the way back around because God will restore what the enemy has taken from you through praise and worship. You just have to get back to Judah. For some of y'all, you just need to get back to church. Some of y'all, you need to get back to the prayer closet. You need to get back to the presence and let what you went through in 2020, that field of 2020, develop some worship on the inside of you. We've compared getting back to Judah like getting back to church or getting back to the prayer closet. But we have made it clear that God is in Judah. He's not in Moab with all the idol worship. His hand, his provision, his presence ain't in all the idol worship. And let me say this too. If you want to birth something supernatural in the earth, the only place that can happen is in the presence of God. Just ask Mary. The Bible says no one went into Mary, but that the Holy Spirit overshadowed her. If you want to do something incredible for the kingdom of God, it always starts in his presence. It always starts in his presence, because if you're not in his presence, he can't impregnate you with what he wants to birth through you. I said it's the presence of God that changes things. It's the presence of God that can birth the supernatural. You know, while we're talking about the birthing things. 
You know, the Bible says without being born again, you can by no means enter the kingdom of heaven. And so to our listeners today, I want to ask, is there anyone who has not been born again? I can't hear you, but I believe that there's some people going to listen to this show today in this episode that'll say, I haven't been born again and I can't birth anything until I get born again. If you have not said yes to Christ and been born again by the spirit of God and you want to say yes to Christ today, if that's you, I want to pray with you. I want to pray with you right now and repeat these words after me. Father Yahweh, I believe in you. I believe in your son, Jesus. I believe in the death, burial and resurrection of Jesus Christ, the son of the living God. I repent of my sins right now and I give you my heart, my mind, my soul, my mind, will and emotions and they are yours. And I want to live for you the rest of my life. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Change me and challenge me. Teach me, speak to me, and show me the, the path of righteousness. In the name of Jesus, amen. For those of us listening who have said yes to him, I want you to understand the field that you've went through, the field that you've had to beg in, God intends for you to own. And after you own it, you're supposed to burst something on the other side of it that will affect generations behind you. God wants to birth something in his people. What is it that God wants to birth in you? Like I said, it's going to take intimacy with Holy Spirit to birth anything in this new year. I believe businesses, I believe ministries are going to be birthed in this new year. And I believe that God wants to use you to do it. Be intimate with him so he can impregnate you and so that you can birth something. I pray that today blessed you. I pray that the word of God enriched your life greatly today. Uh, thank you for tuning in. We love you guys so much. Thank you for all of the support. Please continue to tune in to the Recovery to Recovered podcast. Um, check into our ministries with Be the Bush Recovery Ministries, Miriam House Recovery Ministries, and also Canvas Community Church, Shabbiva, where I'm pastoring. You can connect with me on social media, um, on Facebook, at Caleb McCall and on Instagram at Pastor Caleb Mack. We love you guys and we can't wait for you to listen in next week. Be blessed and be a blessing. Thank you for listening to the Recovery to Recover podcast. If you like what you heard today, visit BeTheBushMinistries.com or MiriamHouse.com to become a monthly partner or for more info about our ministry and what we are accomplishing for the kingdom of God. You can also follow me on Facebook at Caleb McCall or on Instagram at Pastor Caleb Mack. See you next week.